Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. This is our Friday show where my buddy, Rich Rebar, and I, we pick our five favorite games against the spread. Third year doing the show. Of course, a reminder, we are sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Use the promo code GRID. You can get a free 10 bucks. And I, I think if you still do it today and you deposit today, as you're listening to this, you might be able to get a free T-shirt with that deposit if you tweet about it. So some nice Underdog merch there. They just launched their best ball resurrection tournament. Hayden Winks and I on yesterday's show went through some of the key ADPs there and talked some roster construction things. If you're trying to get in some mid-season best ball and I'll be honest, Rich, I, I might need it a little bit because I am very overweight on a bunch of guys who are hurt, right? Shark rolls his ankle last night. He's probably out for the year. Jerry Judy, we're waiting for him to come back. Michael Gallup, we're waiting for him to come back. Brandon Ayuk has like six targets on the year. It is, uh, you know, the, the dead zone running back was very dead, but the mid round wide receivers, it's very much a like, okay, if you did this, you're fine. And if you did this, you are, you are dust. The, the biggest one being, I certainly did not see this coming for Cooper cup. That, that one's been, that one's been hard to stomach. I was in on Cooper cup. So we're good. Uh, that's been like, I don't know how long it'll last it. You know, I don't know how long the 36% target share will go on, but I was in on cup. Uh, my two hot takes for the summer. And I got receipts for this. It was Cooper cup over Brent Robert Woods and Debo Samuel over Brandon Ayuk. So we're out the gates looking all right on those. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of injuries just across the board to everybody. So people everybody. are trying to, <laughs> I mean, the running acquisition always like this. Like, everyone always needs RB2 help by like week three. That's why we just don't draft RB2s. <laughs> you just say, well, whatever, I'll go into the season needing it because I'm going to end up needing it anyways. Right. Um, <laughs> but it's been rough, man. We've got a main event team. We've been already plugging holes and trying to do the whack-a-mole game uh james white's now out he was one of those guys it would have been a great week for a james white game too uh, against the bucks uh unfortunately we won't have him and maybe bill belichick will give us nine brandon bolden targets to drive everyone crazy but uh yeah everyone's trying to plug in guys at this point of year it's been a pretty injury riddled opening month yeah uh the james white thing really hurts he's like my fourth most drafted running back so that's uh that's not great but I never uh, check the best ball stuff. I don't, I, I do it. And then I'll just, I'll come back in December and check. Like I just leave it. That's what I honestly, that's, that's what I need to do, but super hot week picking games. Uh, you went five and zero. Oh, I went um, four and one. So we're feeling, we're feeling pretty good. Uh, I, I got to say my level of confidence in my number one pick is the probably the most confident I've ever been in uh, a number one pick. But other than that, and, and my number two, I feel really strongly about as well. But um, just, yeah, just kind of a kind of a, a, a difficult week, I think, for picking games. Uh, and I will I will go ahead and turn it over to you for 
uh, your your number one or your number five rather. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I mean, there's three I feel pretty good about, and then you know two, you know, filling out the card here. Where would I go in the super contest? Uh, I'm gonna roll the dice here at five and go with the Broncos minus one. Uh, it, it hurts me because you know Lamar is basically just just playing out of his ass this year. Uh, everything's deteriorating around him. The defense is bad. The offensive line has been injured. Um, he's getting faced with a ton of pressure. Uh, Hollywood decided not to catch any passes last week. Uh, but I don't think this matchup is really good for them. They probably should have out lost outright to the Detroit Lions, uh, barring some unforeseen circumstances at the end of that game, getting a fourth and 20. They actually had a touchdown pass on a third and 18 earlier in that game too. Uh, and then I saw Aaron Glenn, you know, saw people were at, like interviewing him, like calling around to ask him how to stop the Ravens. Like, what? <laughs> um, you know, but hey, I digress. But but I just think that this is a bad matchup here because I think that the Broncos defense actually they so they've run hot, obviously, matchup-wise, but I actually also believe they're good. And so Lamar has already been pressured on 40% of his dropbacks, and under pressure, he's completed just 45% of his passes for six and a half yards per pass attempt. When the Ravens can keep him clean, he's got a 70% completion rate and 10 yards per pass attempt. So I don't know how clean they're gonna keep him here. Ronnie Stanley's not gonna play. Andrew Villanueva is allowed the high highest pressure rate per pass drop back in the NFL already to start the season. The dude is dust. Um, so, I mean, Teddy's the one of the, just not going to turn it over, not going to give you a lot of free outs. I don't feel like super confident because it's just basically a pick line, uh, but I'm going to go with the Broncos just kind of edging this one out. All right. So this was my number two, but the other, the other way, way, the other way. The other okay. Way. So you feel good. So the other me- way. So let me, let me, uh, let me see if I can sell you. I mean, I don't know if I, I don't know if I need to, to I mean, it's my five. So it's not like, I'm like, so to say that Lamar is playing out of his mind, I actually think is understating it. This is basically the best Lamar has played as a passer yet. This is the, this is the Mm -hmm. best that we have seen him play as a passer. Uh, I think Bateman is going to play this week, which, uh, is very good, right? Just any way, any way to me, any way you slice it, Bateman being out there is good. Uh, now I know that they have some offensive line stuff, but they were, I believe they were missing three defensive starters last week for a combination of health and safety protocols and, um, and, uh, injury stuff. And I, I actually don't mean any shade or, or anything like, I don't, I don't mean to shade the Broncos here, but this is actually, kind of the same thesis that we had you and I both I the the Packers were my number one last week I think mm-hmm. they were your number two that is basically my same thesis here is if the Broncos defense is not able to just stone suffocate Lamar which I just think is a very hard job for any defense like you know we can look at that result last week for the for the Ravens be like oh you know they should have lost to the Lions well Really, they shouldn't have because if Hollywood just catches one of those bombs that Lamar threw, they're playing downhill for the rest of the game. And I think the Ravens cover and and get out of there just fine. So then you're kind of asking Teddy to go blow for blow with Lamar, which is very difficult to do. Like I just said, I mean, Lamar right now um, is averaging 14 and a half yards per completion, 8.7 yards per attempt. His career average is 7.6. Like to me, I, I am like super encouraged by what I've seen from Lamar, even with everything cratering around him. I also think Harbaugh is like, I, I mean, I don't know if this is controversial. I think he's a great coach. So I, I am in on the Ravens this week. I think that, you know, when you get to a one point line, it's basically like a pick them and I use money I just, on it. Yeah. I, I just think the Ravens are, I just think the Ravens are better. And I, my whole thesis, this off season and best ball stuff was like, I just want to buy 
Lamar because I think the market is wrong on him. I think that looks right so far, and that is the same way I view this line. So I'm I'm in on the Ravens this week. Yeah, I don't really have a, a pushback on the other side either. Is you know this is my five. I'm a little bit worried, like I said, the offensive line and the I don't think the secondary is very good for Baltimore right now. So I mean, it's so Teddy's not going to turn it over. We'll see what happens. But hey, if the Ravens win this game outright, I'm not going to blink. Well, it's also this is like a, a hashtag trend spot right? Where the Broncos never lose these games at home early in the season, right? Like this is like yeah. the spot. They always crush <laughs> these, these, um, the home games at the beginning of the season. Cause they, you know, they have the conditioning. They like, uh, I believe it's true that the Broncos have the biggest home field advantage relative to expected points in football. I, I think, um, I, I believe that's true. Um, so it is definitely one of those things, but that is my, that is my number two. Uh, my number five, is the Packers minus six and a half at home against the Steelers. And just the, the reason why this isn't higher is because it's six and a half points. You know, if this was like, if this was four and a half or whatever, if it was in what is Simmons let's call it the Vegas zone, I would be like mega confident in it. But basically the Steelers are bad. Like their, their, their defense is good. The defense is, is what we expected it to be. But uh, I mean, Stephen Ruiz's sepia toned uh, video of Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> the like, video was, was excellent. I mean, losing losing to this <laughs> Bengals team the way they lost, losing twenty four ten to this Bengals team. I mean, thirty four year old Ben Roethlisberger wins that game like ninety seven percent of the time. I just I can't. I I think Ben is like just gonna get benched in one of these games. I mean, like it's it's hard to see him getting benched. But how do you, how does he keep playing? I mean, he throws that interception. And then he, he checks down on fourth and 10 and he tells the reporter, he doesn't even remember the play. Like this guy, this guy like doesn't care. I, I, I can't explain it. Like, you know, Rogers aging so well, Brady aging so well, Drew Brees aged really well, you know, still a playoff quarterback. Like Ben just apparently doesn't give a shit. Like is not in good shape. Like seems to not really be practicing. Like I just, I, I just want to be against the Steelers while I still feel that the market is giving them uh, respect as Roethlisberger being the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Ben is in the, like he's like the like dude that's been like your 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 friend that's been divorced like three times and is like thirty eight and he's just like whatever. Like, just, whatever. I'm just, I'm just doing it. Remember Tyler Boyd came out after that game Sunday and said that like it's the first time they played the Steelers and like they had just quit. He was like they quit in the game and it's like well, all right. Uh, but in, what's crazy about the Steelers offense and remember if you go back to the summer. You can Google this. Look, go back to the summer. Nat Canada got in front of this earlier, and he was like, we're going to re- basically run what Ben wants to run. Like, yeah. he, he basically yep. came out and said, like, they're not going to do – they're already not going to do the shit I want to do. Like, he, he he got out in front of it early. Uh, and was like, yeah, listen, ultimately we're going to do what Ben wants to do. Uh, listen, so look at this. Ben Ben has only been blitzed 12.9% of the time. It's the lowest rate in the NFL. He's only been pressured 25% of the time. It's the lowest rate in the NFL. Teams are just letting them are just letting them throw those that quick game because they don't have to rush him and they don't have to try to pressure him because all they're going to do is throw four-yard passes. <laughs> they yep. just there's it's just crazy, man. The offense is so bad. The offensive line is terrible. Uh, so they've got to work around that, but it's, yeah. And, and I mean, the Packers don't blitz either. So the Packers are actually like, uh, like their, their, their base defense is very set up to beat this Steelers team. I think it's just like six yeah. and a half points. It just kind of depends on like, how does, how are Rogers and LaFleur feeling? Like, are we trying to, are we going to go for the throat or like, you know, is this, are they going to give AJ Dillon 10 second half carries or whatever? So that's why it's my number five. Yeah, I, I the six and a half pushed me off just because it feels like it's a flop lag Tomlin game to where like because Tomlin this is what Tomlin's 
the whole era, his whole Pittsburgh era has been about playing down to the teams they should beat and then playing up when they are, when we're out on them. Yeah. So if, so like, that's the only thing that scares me because it's been such a, just a 10 year trend of Tomlin of doing this. So six and a half felt like a lot, like you get a little backdoor action here, but uh, I mean, I'm definitely down on the Steelers for sure. Yeah, not not trying to go. The other the Packers also the have a, a bunch of offensive line issues as well. I swear it's we talk about just the fantasy injuries, but my goodness, the injuries across the league. I mean, we might not have Eldon Jenkins here. They're still out David Bakhtiari. They obviously lose Corey Lindsley in free agency. Uh, the offensive line for the Packers has not been really good through three weeks either. So with the Steelers getting Watt back, maybe they can at least cause a little bit of havoc but yeah i mean i'm so down in the steelers offense but yeah the, the secondary injuries and the offensive line injuries across the league are also just equally as bad yeah uh all right what is your number four uh my four is also against another one of your favorites it's the the panthers plus four and a half i don't think the outright win but i feel like this line should be like three three and a half uh dallas yeah, that's what it that's what it opened at oh oh really yeah it got it got bet it got bet up yeah, see, I think it should be closer to a field goal because uh, the thing about the Cowboys is they're still really terrible on defense. And they've covered it up with turnovers. They're number one in the NFL in turnovers. Not going to sustain itself, but they're they're allowing a third most yards per play in the NFL. Like they're still bad on defense, and they're getting away with it because they're getting these turnovers. It's gonna be the first time like Carolina will be pressed to, to throw too. Uh, and I actually was long on the Panthers' defense. I don't think that they're gonna oh, shut they, the cowboys down but <laughs> this was like uh this was like ben gretch's like best take of all time he was saying all all off season on ship chasing he was like you know everyone looks for that streaming defense to start the year to take in the 20th round so they don't have to think about it and the panthers started with the jets Jameis, and the houston texans and they just i mean they've just nutted out they they just have been they've been the nut start we did a uh 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 uh, what is the Twitter thing? Spaces, Twitter spaces. Uh, yeah. Saying my breakout player of the year was the Panthers defense. Because uh, I loved all their young pieces. And I love that, that they added Hassan Reddick across from Brian Burns to give the, the double edge rush. They have Jeremy Chin, a guy who's versatile, move around. Shaq Thompson's been playing out of his mind to start the year. So, I mean, they're, I believe that in the long game that they're going to be a, a good defense to make a jump. Are they going to stop the Cowboys? Probably not. But uh, you know, not to the degree that they've stopped everybody else, at least. But I do I think can't. they can hang around in this game. I can't co-sign this one. I mean, I do That's think fine. that they. I, I, I understand. Well, I do think they probably hang around, but is like, don't the Cowboys actually seem like a good team for the first time in like my adult life? Like the defense is playing very well. That I mean, they are gonna make a lot of clock mistake issues. Like McCarthy is just such a dunk. But if I want to say something kind to Mike McCarthy, he I think does understand his role is to be the CEO. Like Kellen Moore just does whatever he wants. There is no, you can mm-hmm. clearly tell there is no Mike McCarthy input on the offense and the same for the same for the defense too. Um, like yeah, they, that's they, the part that, uh, that I'm like up in the air and thinks it is a little closer though, is because Kellen Moore's had like three really obvious game plans. Like if I was coaching the team, just right. like a, a dude at home uh, and the Panthers do like a mix of everything. So week one, they come out and they just were like, all right, the, the, the Bucks are giving us all loaded boxes. They're blitzing a lot. We're going to just kind of spread them out and air it out. We're not going to try to run it all. We talked about the Brandon Staley thing in week two. Brandon Staley wants you to run on slight boxes. They do that. They come back in week three. The Eagles are another thing. Jonathan Gannon just sits, plays high zone. They're not going to let you throw. Same thing and run. But the Panthers do a little bit of everything. Like they they blitz. They play, they send zone blitzes. They play a lot of like bare fronts, a lot of three, three, five wide. They do a lot. So it's not like 
openly clear to say like, all right, this is how you attack the Panthers. And this is what Kellen Moore do. Now, Kellen Moore is a smarter man than me and has better offensive personnel than most of the leagues. So he's going to have something to move the football. And I think that they will. But I do think that the Panthers defense does throw a little couple things here at them to where, because I don't think they'll run the ball as good as they ran it the last two weeks. Uh, and they and Dallas's offensive line is 30th in pass block win rate. So for so far right now. So like, I do think some of these blitzes are going to get home. Uh, so, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays. I'm excited about this game. I just think that the four and a half, I think it's a three point Dallas win. Okay. Yeah. I can, uh, <laughs> I can, I can get on board. And maybe I that. need a late touchdown to get there. Maybe it's like 27, maybe it's like 27, 17. Uh, and Dallas is like in control the whole game and I get a late touchdown. Yeah. Uh, so my, is this my number three or my number four? I, I just, I just lost. This track. is your four. Cause we cut your, we did your five and your two. Right. Right. Okay. So my number four is the Washington football team minus one and a half points at the Atlanta Falcons. Not that I'm some big uh, Taylor Heineke believer, but you want to talk about teams that look like they have just given up. I mean, how bad are the Atlanta Falcons? I mean, they are, they, I know, I know they, I know they beat the giants, but um, the giants are not a serious football team. I mean, I, I, I did the, um, I did the Mike and the mad dog thing where you, you go through the schedule and, and pick all their games oh, yeah. with, uh, with Craig on TV yesterday. And we gave them three wins. We gave them, we gave them a, a, a three and 14 season. Um, their schedule they is just, man, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's really brutal. <laughs> so uh, one, the Washington football team has gotten awful defensive results through three games. I don't think that will persist. You know, I think they have the bones of a better defense. Like I don't think all the preseason prognostications were wrong and they also should be able to run the ball effectively, right? They have, they have Antonio Gibson. They should be able if you know, if they're up in the second half, I don't think they're going to put it on Heineke's shoulders, but again, not, not super high confidence here. Just really just wanting to pick against a Falcons team that I think is, is egregious. Yeah. And basically in a tight line too, you just need Washington to win uh to win this game yeah Washington's had some really bad luck I still think their defense all ultimately will be better it's just one of those things like in you know people always equate them to an elite defense but they faced the, the easiest quarterback schedule in the NFL last year and they've already opened the year with a better you know they faced good quarterbacks this year outside of maybe questionable Daniel Jones who still played well against them but uh when you have a great quarterback schedule and you have like a talent on defense like it's gonna be a marriage of what you saw last year where like the results were just super high but you saw in the playoffs they played Tom Brady they give up 30 points uh and then this year they played what they played Justin Herbert Josh Allen Daniel Jones um, that's it. Yeah. Cause it's just three weeks. We're in week four. Uh, so, I mean, this will be arguably maybe the worst offense they face, they faced. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm with this one. I mean, it's all you need them to do is win. I'm high on Terry McLaurin for DFS this week. It doesn't seem like yeah. he's very popular. And I thought he would be after running our projections. Like he, he came out as a big value, but yeah, it does not look like he is going to be popular this week at all, which I, I find interesting because they yeah, I was talking to Hulk about that yesterday that it seems like he's kind of being overlooked. Maybe because it's just the Heineke thing and he's been quiet. He's had the one good game and he's been kind of quiet. So people are just like, eh, like you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um all right. What is your number three? My three is the Browns uh minus two. Uh just the thing if you look at it, I mean it basically be uh you know, uh, they're giving the Vikings a little bit of home swing here where you're saying the Browns would have been, what, five, five-point favorites in this game. The Browns are just one of those teams, too, like a, against these teams, like the 
that are like in the middle of the road, like the Vikings, I believe are, uh, these are, these are teams. I think that they're, they're going to be very good against, uh, pretty consistently throughout the course of the season. Yeah, these, gonna... this, these are the games they win. Yeah. So I'm basically just need them to win. Uh, cause you know, it's a, I'm get I've got less than a field goal here, so they're going to run the football. Well, the Vikings are 30th in DVOA in terms of, uh, defensive line win rate. The Browns are obviously number one on offense and running the football and adjusted line yards created, uh, with their run game. They don't really make mistakes. Uh, and then I think the defense is starting to come around. Although I think there's a grain of salt there because just the last six quarters, they faced Davis Mills and Justin Fields. Uh, right. so grain of salt there, but I do think that I'm long on the Browns defense, the talent, you know, kind of, kind of congealing and being better. Uh, and then Kirk Cousins is not a super heater. I don't know if he's really going to sustain this because the A dot's been so low. Like Kirk Cousins is a dot has really shrunk this year. Uh, it's only ahead of Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Ryan and Andy Dalton uh, right now. So he's running super hot in the efficiency market. And it's not like last year where he was hitting like home runs last year. He like his efficiency all stemmed from the deep ball. Uh, and being super efficient on the deep ball. But this year, he's d- kind of dinking and dunking his way uh, there. So I don't know how long that's going to kind of hold and that style of football is going to hold. Uh, you know, obviously, Dalvin Cook still might not be healthy. Uh, we'll see what happens here. But I don't know. Really, this short end is I just think that this is a game where I think the Browns outright win, uh, and I'm just laying less than a field goal. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. All right. My number three is the Seattle Seahawks uh, plus three points at – the San Francisco 49ers. This is the same game uh, that we had last week, except sub out the Seahawks for, or sub out the Green Bay Packers for the Seattle Seahawks. You know, it's it's not that I believe in the Seahawks defense because I definitely don't. It's that I don't see uh, I don't see Jimmy Garoppolo being the guy to be able to take advantage of how bad the Seahawks passing defense is. Um, yeah, I just I just want to take. I want to take teams going against the 49ers who I think can score 30 points, right? That's, that's literally the entire thesis behind the play. Cause I just don't, I just don't know. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo can put up four touchdowns in a game. Basically like he looks so bad. He, I mean, he just like, I, I know that the, I know that they ended up having the lead in the end, but I don't know. It just felt like the Packers were never losing that game to me. That's, that's how I felt. Even after that important air score. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, you know, I where's the, you remember the third preseason game, the 49ers played the Raiders, and I know it's preseason, but remember they, it's like the third preseason game, right, like the dress rehearsal, and they had Garoppolo and Trey Lance kind of working in the offense simultaneously. Do you remember that? Like, in and like, where's that yeah. been? Like, where is like... I understand like you still want to play grapple, but where are like Trey Lance coming in to like help you run like this, the, the, the outside zones and like the RPO game, like where is it that? Cause the run game has been bad for the 49ers outside of the one long Elijah Mitchell run against Detroit in week one. They've really haven't run the ball well. And that's like the staple of this offense. Where is just Trey Lance to come in for those that like help? Like we don't, we're not saying like, Hey, throw Trey Lance in and let him just play. Although I would like to see that, but yeah, where is like, great. just, where is just mixing hit? Where's what we saw in the preseason, like where he's coming in and still making the, the defense have to see different looks and helping the run game because we haven't saw any of that. And if you're going to make it put Jimmy Garoppolo in this offense without a run game, you start to see things like the first half against Philadelphia and the first half of last week's game where they just look like a miserable offense. You know, this is a straight miserable offense. And Russ has never lost three games in a row uh, in his NFL career. So, so let's see if he could keep Good the streak going there. there. So we'll run that narrative, you know, um, Mr. Unlimited. Uh, and then this 49 secondary is equally as bad, like you said, when teams get to face them. I mean, this was my, uh, my next game. So, uh, 
so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with this one. I, I think it's there. I would like Tyler Lockett to play still though, but we'll you know, what are you gonna do? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I have not uh, I've not seen an update on Lockett yet today. Um, no, nah, we won't today. This is too early because they're West Coast team, but uh, didn't practice yesterday with that hip injury. When an injury happened in the game, I thought it was like I thought a he was season done. ender. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was like a season ender. I was like, oh no, Lockett's out. It, you know he looked like he dodged a bullet but looks like he's still got some kind of lingering effects uh but if he is out we won't have to play the the whack-a-mole Metcalf yeah you just it. you just you just lock uh and and gerald <laughs> everett is out too so disley probably becomes a play um yeah which is crazy you know disley college college lineman good nfl tight end so it's, uh, it's absurd um all right so what is your <laughs> what is your number two uh i like so i'm going back to the well of a uh, thing that has not hit and vegas has made so much money off of this the last year uh, end of last year into this year is the chiefs man uh i'm yeah. going to the chiefs the, so this eagles situation for a couple things one they're going to be missing three offensive linemen uh, in this game Oof. yeah so not great uh, and then also Nick Sirianni for all the good faith I, I had in him after the week one performance, the last nah, two, it's, it's bad. The last two weeks, Nick Sirianni has been a dumpster fire. His game plans have been complete ass. Uh, we, so week one, they have Jalen Hurts. He is the lowest eight out in the NFL. They get the ball out of his hands quick and they let all these playmakers make plays. Uh, and they're, you know, they're kind of getting just a nice effective offense, moving the sticks, staying ahead of the sticks. Week two, they come against the 49ers, and all they do is take deep sideline shots, just like Jalen Hurts did the closed end last year. He goes from the lowest eight out in the NFL in week one to the highest eight out in the NFL in week two. Remember in the last year when he played the final four games, he had the lowest expected completion rate. He had the lowest expected completion rate week two. They come back in week three, and I don't even know what that plan was. They had no offensive balance. They didn't even try to run the ball at all. I mean, Miles Sanders had two carries in that game on Monday night. And then this thing with Jalen Hurts, like, and Nick Sirianni commented on this in the preseason uh, and over the summer where, like, he talked about, like, not really having a lot of RPO design stuff in the system because it was not, like, what he typically did. And that's kind of happened early in the season. Uh, Jalen Hurts leads all quarterbacks in scramble rushing attempts, but he's he's eighth in designed rushing attempts which makes no damn sense for the offense you run. Uh, so, I mean, if you, hopefully he has religion and saw week two when the Ravens played the chiefs and that they couldn't stop the designed run with Lamar Jackson. And maybe he incorporates some of that. This is the one out I'm giving, but the offensive line injuries. And I don't think this defense stops the chiefs at all. So, I mean, it is laying a lot and the chiefs have taken a lot of public money, <laughs> you know, going back to last 11, games going back to played. like forever. So I agree with you. I didn't have this on my list because I can't get burnt by the chiefs again, but this is what I'll say. If the chiefs can't start to just put away bad teams like this now, I am like, I, I'm going to be worried. Like if they don't, if they don't come out and score 35 points here, like I am going to be, this feels like a 50 burger to me, man. This feels like a chiefs 50 burger game. Like, (laughs) yeah. Um, Like it feels like, uh, so Tyreek is a little bit banged up. He only played 77% of the snaps last week. We saw more of like Jody Fortson and Marcus Kemp and stuff, which is not great. You'd hope he Tyreek has taken the week to heal Uh, Clyde. I mean, how amazing is it that Clyde got there after fumbling last week? I thought for sure that was the last we'd ever see of him. I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be Daryl time, but, and you know, people are, are, um, I think people are learning the wrong thing from this Josh Gordon signing, by the way, this isn't really a, this isn't really a a spread point, but 
I think people are like, oh, Hardman's done, bro. Hardman's done. It's Gordon's season. I think they signed Josh Gordon to try and hope that he's good enough to play over to Marcus Robinson because Hardman's actually been fine. Hardman is, has done a good, you know, he's, he's uh, like not had any terrible drops yet. He's playing a bunch of snaps. Like the, the Hardman thing actually seems like he'll be fine. And I think it gives you insurance if Josh Gordon is that well, it's, it's kind of multi-pronged. Like you have the, if he is good, he plays over Pringle and Robinson. And then he also, if he's fine, like as a deep threat, he gives you kind of an, an ancillary depth guy. If like something were to significantly happen to Tyreek Hill, because with Tyreek Hill's out, you have no other vertical player in the offense. Uh, the yeah. last time we did see, don't we even seen Josh Gordon play a lot, a lot recently, but when he did last play on the field, you know, with Seattle, he was still like a functional, like vertical guy, like a deep target. So like at worst, he's a clear out guy can at least do some things like to fill a role where, you know, DeMarcus Robinson is not going to be running those kind of routes at all. And neither is Byron Pringle. So at least I think it's a little bit multi-pronged. Am I excited to like go out and grab and roster? I'm like, no, but still like, I'm going to root for Josh Gordon to succeed because why the hell not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. The number one game. I it's bet the this same. on it's the same game. I bet this on Sunday. I bet it again on Monday when the line didn't move. The line has now moved on some sports books. Yes, it's, uh, it's but, gone to seven. But, but not all so some some places actually have it at seven and a half, uh, depending on depending on what book you are you are looking at. But of course, it is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New England Patriots. If the Buccaneers do not cover in this game. It will truly be one of the most surprised. Like this would be like, uh, do you remember? You remember Kobe's last game for the Lakers? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and he, yeah. He was only he was only like uh, like fifty percent owned in DFS or whatever, and it was like one of the most obvious spots of all time. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, like if Brady doesn't get, if I, like, they're just gonna cover this game. They're, he's gonna try and score forty points. Like we, it's just we know this. The only thing is just going to be if if somehow Bill Belichick like goes full Emperor Palpatine and and has a way to limit him. I just I but they have Antonio. I I heard a rumor by the way that Gronk is not going to play this week. I don't know I don't know why, but I I don't know if that would change how you think about betting this game at all. But I I heard Gronk may not play. I would be surprised if he can play that he wouldn't just get such a big game for Gronk. Like it's a, you know, it's a return game for Gronk too, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know how severe the injury was. Obviously they're, and obviously Gronk's the guy that Bucks are going to play the long game with, you know, as, as important it would be for Gronk to play in this game. The Bucks have bigger aspirations than this week four game, you know, to have Gronk healthy at the end. They want Gronk to be healthy in week 20, you know, instead yep. of week week four. So if it's potential and they have the depth, you know, they can obviously play Cam or Brayton OJ Howard to, you know, they can say take a week off Gronk. And they're getting AB back this week too. So they have him. But it goes back to uh, even if they weren't playing the Patriots, it goes back to what we were last year. We did, we we're in the spot multiple times. So we kept going back it. So one, Tom Brady in his career, 40 and 14 against the spread after a loss. Last year, the Bucks were five and zero against the spread after a loss uh we were in a spot a couple times where they got blown out and we went right back to them on the show remember they they got dusted by like the saints one week and right back out of the next week we're like oh hammer the bucks hammer the bucks they they lost that game they're gonna come right back do what the bucks do and i mean there's just no way the patriots can score enough points in this game like this offense hasn't shown us at all that they're capable of generating 20 plus points uh and the bucks are gonna score 30 so i mean i they did figure a little bit out on accident i think last week so the, here's the interesting thing about the patriots is they signed johnny smith and they signed hunter henry they're it's yep. like all right so they have to you're gonna run a lot of 12 personnel right and then like, they don't 
Well, the, and they're, they're bad at 12 personnel. Like their success rate from 12 personnel is only 35%. It's terrible. When they go to 11 personnel three wide, it goes up to 46% success rate. So maybe they need to get Mac Jones a little more spread out like he was at Bama, you know, and it granted, you know, he had elite receivers at Alabama compared to what he, yeah, he now, didn't but... have. He didn't have Nelson Aguilar and uh, Kendrick Bourne involved there, <laughs> but you know, maybe he, they need to get him more comfortable with the field spread out a little more, you know, a little more empty, do some things. Now the bucks are still gonna be able to put some heat on him. They're blitzing at the league's highest rate. Uh, Mac Jones has been hit at a, a top five rate in the NFL so far this season. Uh, but I just don't see how the, the possibly the Patriots score enough points to even be within seven. I like they, they have to score 24 points, 20. I mean, I, their implied line is what 21. So I think that's even probably a little bit of a stretch, but maybe you get there because you're, you're going to throw a lot. There's going to be a lot of dropbacks, but the, I mean, I, I can't base going to score 30 plus points. You got to get to like 24 to cover. And yeah, I don't, I just don't see them scoring enough points. And this is also one of those spots where you're not really that afraid of the back door because the Buccaneers are not calling the dogs off, right? If they're, if they're up 14 in the fourth quarter, my guess would be that the Buccaneers are still going to be going for it, right? Like that they're, you know, would not surprise me to see, you know, a bomb to Antonio Brown or whatever up, up 14 points in the fourth quarter. Like I just, it just feels like a spot. Like it just, I don't know, like uh, we can be as analytical as we want, but there there's like a human element here. And we know like Brady wants to Brady wants to cuck Belichick. Like he just, he just does. Right. So that's, I, I, I feel very good about that. And the one thing about the Bucks too this year, different from last year, is man, they are just throwing a lot. Yes, uh, they are way above passing rate over expectation. They've thrown eighty-two percent of the time on first downs and seventy-five percent of the time on first downs while head on the scoreboard. The highest rates in the NFL. So you love to see that. Uh, anytime you're, you're you're betting on a team that you need to lay a lot of points, like they're going to stay aggressive, like you said. Even outside of there, like that's just been their offense this year. They haven't really run the ball effectively. Uh, the the pile of vagabonds they have at the, in the backfield position, like they're just not putting a lot of faith in those guys and swerving into kind of. And Bruce Arians always was a guy that would take you know that, that vertical passing game. So now I think that once we saw Brady get comfortable at the midway point last year, the offense started to shift and they've rolled that over into this year. Right. Um, so yeah, there we go. Uh, I I feel I feel really really strongly. Um, about that one what are what are some of the dfs angles you like this week i think this is a weird dfs week because i feel like there are just too many guys i want to play and i hate weeks like this i hate weeks when they're like like i want to play everybody like it's because you know we don't have a lot of clarity at the top of the running back positions the way things have played out like you obviously have derrick henry in a great spot but he's you know anytime derrick henry's like super expensive in the chalk like you never like really excited to put him in the lineups and then after that i mean because we have the thing with dalvin like we don't know if he's really going to be out if he's out then we get madison again we have this thing with the rain i would love to play a rams running back but now we probably can't uh because we one we don't know if well, if Henderson's out, we could play Sony, but if Henderson's even there, we don't even know if they're going to give him like the full workload he had. Like it's one of those gray areas. Right. So, I mean, I'll, I'll mix in some tournament exposure for sure. When some game sacks that game, but I would love to, I would have like hammered Sony and cash easily uh, this week, uh, especially with how bad the, the, the Cardinals run D's been and with the, you know, them having such a high home, 
you know, point total, the Rams, he would have been a great play. You've got the Chuba Hubbard thing. Like he's on the board. Jonathan Taylor is like really cheap now this week. And he's in a great spot. DeAndre he's Swift. A, he is in a great spot. Yeah. DeAndre Swift. DraftKings, like as I do this, this week, this weekly, like pricing thing. And like DraftKings has been like, not, they've been really slow to move on DeAndre Swift. And they're, they, and again, this week he's, he's priced so low for the role he has. And obviously you get the Dan Campbell thing throughout the week. Like they want to give him even more touches now. Um, it's, I mean, it's, and then you go to the receiver position and dude, there's a hundred wide receivers I want to play. It's, if I hate weeks like this, I'm, I'm out of my mind trying to like get them like one angle I want to play uh, for real. Like it's, it's driving me insane this week. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and the, so the thing is, is there are, there are loads of running backs on DraftKings from like five to six K who I think mm-hmm. could get there. Right. So, I mean, Hubbard, Montgomery, Daryl Henderson, if he plays, Chase Edmonds could catch like seven dump offs in this game. Clyde Edwards Solaire, if his role looks anything like last week. Elijah Mitchell, if they just like, look, dude, Trey Sermon, you're terrible. We played Kyle Juszczyk over you. Swift, uh, Sony Michelle, if Henderson doesn't play, I mean, Mike Davis could catch like eight dump offs. Or I'm not going to play Mike Davis, but some people will want to. And one of he those pops, guys, everyone's optimizer, Mike week. Davis pops every week, but his snaps and routes have gone down every week too. So like we got to adjust. <laughs> yeah. So, but the, the thing about that is it could still end up being bad because Henry and Kamara can break the slate, right? Great, great spot for Kamara against the giants. They've given him a bunch. Do you of believe touch- like Kamara is like actually like going to be a slate breaker? Like, at, like this year though, like the way that offense is running. Um, I do because like they, they have to be a dog, right? Like they have to be chasing. I actually think he could do it the same way he did it in week 16 last year, where he just scores all their touchdowns that they, that they win a game 28 to 17. And he has four touchdowns because it's not like there's any reason for them to design stuff in the red zone for anyone else. Like it's not like, yeah, well that so that's true. That is, that is true. But I mean, you, you can see, right. Like the, Taysom read option thing. Like, I'm not saying, I'm not saying Kamar is going to be a slate breaker a bunch, but I think he, he, I mean, this is all written, like he's on pace to have the most carries of his career. And that like he, with, with his ability to generate big plays, like why can't Kamara have two 65 yard touchdowns in a game? Like he definitely can. Yeah. He's been one of those uh, guys that I keep looking at. It's just like, he's just getting by like on so much volume because like they don't really throw, they're just, they're outright hiding their passing game. Like they're just openly hiding, throwing the football, uh, and that, that's it's killing him. And then they've had some injuries in the offensive line too, and his efficiency's been just completely terrible rushing the football too. So I mean, he's one of those guys I keep looking at. And I want to play him every time because I'm like, ah, oh, man, Kamara, he's standing out, right? Like he looks there, and I'm just like, man, he's gonna get like 15 points and just be good, and just like, be good, <laughs> and just yeah. be good, like like he was last week. You know, he gets what like the 28 touches and he gets the the touchdown early in the game. And week one against Green Bay it was the same thing. You know, you're you're, you're pushing 25 touches and you get the, the short touchdown, but like where are the like is he ever gonna get us like these 30 35 point games? Because you need to, to get those in, in fantasy football, unless you're Derrick Henry. Uh, you need to have a bunch of catches. Like you need to catch the ball and like make plays in the splash game, uh, like he was last year when Michael Thomas was out. Remember, everyone like elevated him because they're like, Oh, the target share is gonna be insane now. And they're just like the target share actually is fine for Kamara. It's just that they've thrown 22 times or less in each game. In every just, game. Yeah. And they're not gonna have to throw here against the Giants. Like they're gonna do the same thing. They're gonna turtle. Why? Why? Like let the Giants beat themselves. They just lost the Falcons. 
<laughs> right, right. Uh, what's your what's your uh, what's your favorite stack? Or I mean, I I assume the Cowboys are going to all be insanely owned, but it just fits so nice, right? Dak, Dalton Schultz, uh, Dak, Dalton Schultz, Amari or CD, bring it back with DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. I mean, it just it it fits like a freaking glove. On DraftKings, because they, I like the double stacks they gave you. Uh, they just dumped on Amari. Like DraftKings was like, oh, we like Amari six k. Okay, like I actually like the other side too. I think you can. Uh, I like the, the the Panther stack. I think is fine because I think Robbie's a, a decent play this week too. But I think I see the industry's already like his projected ownership is already kind of pretty high. So it's like the, the field's too sharp on stuff like this now. Like you know, uh, stuff like that. So you're not to get like a freebie with Robbie Anderson too. So the only unique way I think is to run him with like a stack. Cause I think he'll be the, he'll be a popular bring back on the Dallas side. And of course Hubbard will be, um, I like, uh, the Ross Metcalf Kittle stack, especially on Fandle. Cause Kittle's Big a little time. cheaper over there. I like that one a lot on, on that site. Um, I really like Odell Beckham this week a lot. Uh, uh yeah. He's, I mean, he had a 31% uh, team target share and looked the part last week. And then Minnesota has been so bad on the back end. Uh, I feel like people are going to overlook him though, just cause, We've been we've done this with Odell Beckham a four two and like he hasn't like really popped like for a huge game but I think his price is really cheap. Uh, I like him a lot uh, in that same thing like it's same it's all these list of guys though like it's always in that bucket you know uh, every everyone's got good plays but uh, yeah I mean I think DraftKings is setting you up for that Cowboy stack for sure uh, the way they priced Amari and you can, I think the way you get unique is you double bullet it like you just play them both right. Because I yeah. think, that, like I said, this week, the way the Panthers are going to play defense, uh, make it a little bit harder, I think, for the Cowboys to have as much success as they had running the football the past two weeks. So you're going to get a lot more, you know, uh, wide receiver usage, I think, than we had the past two weeks from the Cowboys guys. Yeah. Uh, all right. Tell the people what uh, what they can look at over at Sharp Football this week, how to how to find the podcast and all of that good stuff. Um, is this posting today or tomorrow? I, it's going, we're going, uh, it'll be up in like 45 minutes from when you and I get done. Well, if you, uh, you know, are if you hear this today on Friday, we did a promo last night, uh, at sharp football, where it was the point scored in the game are the, uh, discount you get on the site. So you can go to sharp football analysis, uh, right now, and you can get, um, 45% off of any product, whether it be the worksheet, the uh, Warren's betting stuff, uh, you know, any of my fancy stuff, or it's the weekly props package. Uh, and you can get that if you go over there right now. So you get 45% off. It only is for Friday. So if you hear this on Saturday, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, but just for October 1st, so the points scored in last night's game, but then other than that, you know, the worksheets up, uh, I come here do the show with you do the uh, pick six show every Wednesday with Daigle and Dean. And I'm on with Holka every uh, Thursday afternoon where we build lineups on FanDuel and go through like our, our favorite game stacks. Uh, so yeah, it's been fun. We've, we've had a nice hot week uh, last week. Hopefully we keep it going this week. Um, and everyone kind of hits those cash lines and wins that money this week. There we go. Uh, Brady, please do it for us. Uh, we, we need it. Don't, don't, uh, don't take, don't take the foot off the gas. Everyone sharpfootballanalysis.com. Follow Reeves. Remember to download the underdog fantasy app. Use that promo code grid. Get a free 10 bucks and enter into the best ball resurrection tournament. And we'll see you back next week. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh yeah. That's me. Nothing extra. 
Just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.